Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, K-12 education has been conducted largely online for more than a year. Researchers are examining the effect of the change on kids. Kristen Fonticero is a clinical associate professor at the University of Michigan School of Information. She recently co-wrote a piece in the Journal of Children and Media on how remote learning has blurred the line between school and home life. Fonticero tells WDET's Alex McLennan the implications of that transition are starting to be recognized. So, for example, in the past, school might not have been all-day video conferencing, but because now it is, we are seeing what's in the background in families' homes. We have family members listening in on class, and uh, children are very good at sort of code switching between home and school, and now what's happening is home and school are colliding in new ways. So parents are part of the equation now. How is that different, or is it different um, from kind of the, the effects of homeschooling for, for a kid that might be homeschooled? Is there a difference to be concerned about there, or, or is it uh, maybe kind of the same thing in ways? Well, I'm not expert on homeschooling. But what I will say is that there is a difference between the homeschooling model in which parent plays both parent teacher and learning from home, in which case you have the teacher on a screen and a parent as two different beings. So what are the long-term implications of, of kids kind of, of socializing in this way now? So we are, didn't study children as much as we were watching sort of how adult interactions are different, um, but um, I can say this, it's a very strange classroom where your ability to talk isn't controlled by um, whether you're saying something out loud or not, but by a sort of omniscient being who can just click the mute button and turn you off. And so there are little things like that, especially when we are thinking about the education of young children that are... Um, that are different. We can also talk about the fact that children are sitting in one place all day, every day. And we're hearing anecdotal stories about what it means to be seeing a reflection of yourself back at you through a video conferencing software. So I've observed one child who, um, who grooms a lot because she's essentially looking in the mirror all day. Hmm. And I don't think we'll know the long-term implications of that for some time. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, when things get back to normal, uh, what's the situation going to be like with getting kids to, to re-socialize in person, especially coming off of what will probably end up being a year and a half, essentially, spent um, largely online? I think it's it's too early to know, and I think it depends a lot on the developmental level of children. Um, children are resilient and adaptive, and so we probably it's probably adults who are worrying right now more than children are. But I can say in talking to my about my own graduate students with my own graduate students that we joke sometimes that. Um, we're essentially all disembodied heads right now, and we are going to learn all kinds of weird things like who is taller, shorter, uh, what people do when they're not on screen, uh, body language that we don't have access to, that we anticipate it will be weird that we know each other and yet we don't as we, as we reenter. So I think it's going to be weirder perhaps on adults than on children. 
And with as many variables or unknowns as there are uh, around that return to in-person learning, is, is that something that the education system is going to be equipped to handle, uh, kind of whatever is thrown at them there, um, or, or are there concerns there? Well, uh, public education, I believe, is chronically underfunded and asked each year to take on more and more problem-solving roles. So I don't feel that society is equipping public schools very well, period, to adapt to changes um, that are going on. One thing that we've learned is that there seems to be a, a sizable appetite for online learning for some students that will extend beyond the pandemic. And we're also watching that there is some racial disparity between who is eager to return and who is not. And there is a growing body of evidence that minority families, black families, Latinx families are finding that their children are thriving more out of a physical building than they were before. And that may be due to racial disparities, implicit bias, um, minimized microaggressions. And so I think this has opened up a whole new avenue for public education to really think at scale, not only about um, its strengths that it will bring to the table when folks come back to school, but also where there are repairs that need to be made to make those the institutions more welcoming and more supportive of all children. Is there a, a risk of, of building the divide when, when it comes to education, kind of increasing the disparities? Like, is there a benefit to that in-person experience that you risk losing if, if it goes that way? Uh, I think that there could be, and I think it depends a lot on the, the perspective from which you come. So when I was trained as a K-12 teacher, we bought into the idea that school was a melting pot. It was the great equalizer. It was the place where democracy was developed and built from a young age. And I think that what is coming into focus in new ways since the pandemic is that it, that the institution did not um, fulfill that promise for all children equitably. So that is a problem that I think schools will need to grapple with and schools will need a lot of support from society, from parents, from families, from uh, businesses in doing that really hard work. Kristen Fonticero is a clinical associate professor at the University of Michigan School of Information. She spoke with WDET's Alex McLennan.